0: As well as we are accustomed to do, friends, let us take our copy of the Scriptures this morning and turn with me to the book of James, James in chapter 4, James in chapter 4. You may recall that the key word for our study through the book of James here is the word maturity. Key word is maturity. Maturity. Maturity may mean different things to different people. We're going to talk about some definitions in just a moment. But before we dive in, friends, let's pray together. God, I pray that you will meet with us here. God is as a church family, but God also is individuals here. God, our needs are great. And for some of us, our needs are unknown. And so only a God as great as you are, God, can meet our needs. Provide for us here today, God, the truth that we need to hear, the direction we need to receive, God, and maybe even the comfort we need. God, you know our needs, God. We pray that before we walk out of this place, we will be different than when we walked in. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Maturity. In regards to maturity, there is a truth. That each of us must understand. And the truth is this. Everything you feed grows. Think about that as a truth. How about that rain on your lawn? Did it grow a little bit through the rain? Did it turn a little green? What you feed grows. That's truth both true both positively and negatively. You feed that young man sitting at the dinner table, you look down at him, eventually you begin to look up at him. Everything you feed grows. It's true about grass, it's true about little boys, it's true about desires within, it's true about sin and lust, it is true about everything. The more time you allow yourself to think about what you know you would never want public my friend the more it will grow everything you feed grows and so the question for today is what have you been feeding you can always tell what people have been feeding in their secret life by the way they live you know those secret things you think you've got trapped away in your head are eventually revealed by the way you live Maturity is the key word. And as you know, through, the, uh, through this letter of James, in chapter 1, he, he begins to lay out some descriptions of what the mature look like. In chapter 1, the mature have the ability to navigate difficult circumstances, and yet with joy. Count it all joy, my friends. Chapter 2. The mature have the ability to love selflessly and live out their faith in God. Talking about the relationship between faith and works and true religion. In chapter 3, the ability to control yourself. Remember, the issue is the tongue. And it's perhaps the most obvious um, evidence against you if you cannot control yourself. Listen to the words you speak. But here we are in chapter 4, and James begins with a classic sign of immaturity. The classic sign of immaturity. And James gets right to the heart of the issue. And as we all know, the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. So, in chapter 4, here in verse 1, James begins to lay out the heart of the issue, and it is the danger of misplaced desires, Remember, throughout this, this series, we talked about the, the real, real you is the stuff going on in your head, the things that you think on, the things that you long for. And friends, remember those thoughts, they turn into actions, and those actions, they turn into habits, and those habits turn into a lifestyle. So be very, very careful what you allow time in your head to think on, my friends, the danger of misplaced desires. Take a look, if you will, as in verse 1 here, as we see the deepest desires we have as a memory here are the only the things that only God can provide for us. Those are the needs that only God can touch. And we are constantly trying to find the things that this world has to offer to satisfy those needs, my friend. So remember, the danger of misplaced desires. Look at verse 1. James says this. What, what causes quarrels and fights among you? And remember, he's not talking about his neighbors. He's talking about the people in the church. And friends, in a very real sense, the Spirit of God is talking to you today. You know, what, what causes the quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? I mean, think about this. Whenever there is a quarrel, whenever there is a disagreement, is it not because someone, perhaps you, perhaps in your own mind, you were standing for your own rights. You were fighting for your own way. And friends, that's selfishness. And selfishness is sin. And guess what? It lives itself out with fighting and quarrels. It's what ends relationships, both married and dating. Selfishness is death. It is the reason that Jesus had to die in our place for it, to forgive us of our sin. My friends, it's selfishness. This warring that goes on, this craving every day. You know, I don't know about you, but I get like 50 emails every day. Now, if you use Outlook, there's a way to uh, to 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 kind of filter out your emails. All you have to do is set up this filter that includes any word that includes the word subscribe. Any email that includes subscribe automatically goes into an ads folder. And so I can just graze, graze through the the emails that actually matter. But every once in a while, don't you just kind of look through those ads, you know? It's one of these things, I don't need nothing, well, at least that I know of, and down you go, and suddenly, i got to have that. I maybe need two. I mean, friends, it happens, you know? And, and, and that's just, I'm not satisfied, I don't have ever. I just don't feel right inside and maybe another thing will, will finally cause me to be satisfied. Now, we know that's ridiculous, but honestly... the way we live sometimes and so James here is talking about the classic sign of immaturity is the inability to get along with others is it not and James lays out the answer right there you know the issue isn't the other guy the issue is you because if you had a heart of love you would be seeking peace not your own way It's the classic childhood. I want it. I want it now. And I want you to give it to me now. I mean, it's a classic sign. It's it's adorable in little kids. But it is loathsome in adults. You know, by adulthood, we just mean... Fully grown. We don't necessarily mean mature, do we? Maturity is a whole different level. Maturity is about independence and interrelationships inter- with other people. Interdependence, cooperation, signs of maturity. But the root of the problem of, of these misplaced desires, that's the issue. And, and so James having having laid out the issue fighting and quarreling because of desires, having laid out the root of the problem, now he offers us some of the fruit of the problem. I mean, friends, and if you let this stuff run in your life, if you say, yeah, it's not that bad though, well, as far as you know, because you don't really know what people think about those actions. He says the fruit of the problem is hostility towards people. Verse 2, he says you desire and you do not have. So you murder. You say, I never killed anybody. Jesus said, if you hate someone in your heart, then you've murdered them in the sight of God. Because we know where hate ultimately leads. Hate ultimately leads to killing someone. It just does. And it depends on how good you are at curbing it. how, how, How short a leash you have on your hate you know, but the idea is to get rid of it, my friends. Get rid of it. You desire, you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. And the fruit of the problem starts with hostility towards people, but it doesn't stop there. James says that hostility ends up toward God, resulting in an ineffective prayer life. You do not have because you do not ask. And honestly, when we know what kind of people we are inside, we say, Why would God listen to me? That's probably a pretty good thing to think. I mean, friends, if you're thumbing your nose at God, why should He answer your prayer? Isaiah chapter 1, it is laid out so beautifully. I mean, Isaiah, the prophet of God, says to the people of God, he says, stop your festivals and your sacrifices. You raise your hand to pray to God, but he's not listening to you. And you know why? Because you have blood on your hands. You take care of your sin. Get serious about your sin. You look for cleansing, and then we can talk about provision." God is a holy God. And tramp on his white carpet with your muddy shoes and say, hey, I'd like some candy, please. My friends, it is an offense to him as much as it is you and I. This hostility resulting in ineffective prayer life. You do not ask and you do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Prayer is not a wish list, my friends. It is a supplied list to do war for God. And I'm not talking about fighting people. People are not the enemy, so stop making them the enemy. Paul reminds us that the, the war is not against flesh and blood. That's not the problem. The problem is the war raging inside you. Start having some victory there, and guess what? Your marriage is going to improve. Those kids, they might start listening. My friends, start looking inside before you start pointing your finger when there's an issue. You and I, as the people of God, we ought to be choosing peace. Not fighting for our own way and our own slice of the pie and mine, mine, mine. It's the fruit of the problem, my friends, is hostility towards people. It's hostility toward God, resulting in verse 3, ineffective prayer life. And look at here in verse 4, reflecting a heart of idolatry. Verse 4, listen to what James calls the people of God who want nothing really with God unless he gives them the things that they desire. He says, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, He who yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. God is a jealous God. And why ought he not? I mean, consider this, friends. You and I are sinners. It means that we are selfish. And it means that we act out in our selfishness. And we cut people off. And we just stop talking to them. Or we talk louder to them. And God looks, this, this perfect holy God who has existed eternally in perfect fellowship, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then there's us. I mean, we are nasty, mean people at the heart of it all. I know we put on a pretty good show for the most of it, but if anybody really knew our thoughts, do you suppose they really want to be around you? But God, that's all God sees is the inside to see your mask or your costume or your good acting around people and yet because of his great love for us God gave his son as a sacrifice for us I mean we can't even imagine that I mean I have one son and none of you are worth him and you would say that about your children as well. And yet God sacrificed his son. Stop thinking about it, Bill. <laughs> Bill and I share the same humor. My friends, Jesus willingly died for you. I mean, he didn't buy you a Coke, you know, that, that, that lasts about ten minutes. He went to the cross, and he died. And how do you respond to that? As if he's not enough. As if pursuing him could not possibly be the answer to your needs. My friends, think of it. Hostility toward God. Say, oh no, what we need is another electronic thing. That'll really make us happy. I mean, not the old one, but the new one. We need the new one, because the new one has that different feature. I mean, the old one didn't satisfy either when it was new, but surely this one, oh my goodness, and if I had that blouse, oh my goodness, if I had that tool. I mean, we live that way. Shame on us. Thinking that these things are anything more than tools. Looking for nothing to fill an empty hole that only God can fill with trinkets of this world. My friends, it is not right. Therefore, whoever wishes to make to be a friend of this world, this whole system that ignores God, that laughs at God, that tells you God doesn't even exist. He doesn't even matter. Hmm you make yourself an enemy of God. I don't want you to notice the way James stated this. You don't suddenly become an enemy of God. You make yourself an enemy of God. Hmm. Wow. Well, there's the danger of misplaced desires, friend. That's a horrible outcome. I hope you would agree. A selfish Self-motivated, self-longing, lusting, craving desires. Friends, they are the bane of your life. They ruin your relationships. And yet the world says the only way you could possibly be happy. I mean, look at this lady. She's so happy because she bought this. Look at this guy. I mean, yeah, everyone loves him now. I mean, he's a bit of a jerk, but he's got a nice car. He's crazy, why do we buy this all the time? And I'm talking about buying in with your mind and then your money. Doesn't make any sense. But you know what? James has got some good news for us. There's a cure for it. I mean, there's a cure for it. I mean, he, he lays out the danger of these misplaced desires, but then he tells us there's a cure for the conflict. And notice here in verse six, as he lays it out, it begins with a submission to God. James says this, but he gives more grace, therefore it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace to the humble. You know what grace is? God's ability in his favor. Giving ability or favor to someone. Think about that. The grace to overcome an obstacle that in and of yourself you cannot do. The grace to face Something that terrifies you to the core. That's what God's grace does. And you know who he gives it to? The ones who aren't flaunting their own will. I say, God, not my will, but your will. I mean, that's the Lord's prayer, is it not? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I mean, I want to live for his sake, for his purposes. Because when I live for his purposes... I find joy and peace and satisfaction. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth just as it's done in heaven. In my life, just the way it is in heaven. Hmm. This word submit means to choose someone else's way over your own way. That's all it means. See, submission is a passive thing. Well, it's an active thing. I'm sorry. We often think of it as passive in someone causing us to submit. used to play a game when we were a kid, you know. Up goes the hand. Somebody else's hand goes in it. We try and make the wrist bend until someone has to say, you know, mercy, please stop. You're hurting me, you know. It's a fun little game for boys. I'm sure the girls never played that, you know. Oh my goodness! But it's not. It, it, it's not something that happens to us. It happens. It's something that happens from us, when we say, "No, I will not pursue my way. Let's do it your way." You know, it's it's different than the whole dinner thing, guys. You know what I'm talking about, honey? Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Well, let's go to the Joe's. You know, whatever. Well, no, I don't like that place. Okay. Well, let's go. Well, I don't want to go there either. <laughs> And I'm like, come on, please just tell me where you want to go, you know? It's not that. It is a, no, I want this for you. Like, God has done so much for me. Why would I not give God his way? Why would I not say, God, your way is better than my way? I mean, when I was 19 years old, that was the whole issue of my life. Like, I've lived my life for 19 years the way I wanted to live it. I knew the truth, but I figured I had a better way until I came up empty. I mean, no, no, there was no some traumatic event. It was just the sum of it all of, what have I got? I mean, where am I going? I mean, you know, I got a drawer full of medals. I've, I've, I've done everything that I can in my own strength, and, but now what? I mean, what do I really have in light of it? Someone can run faster. Someone can jump higher. It doesn't matter what I do. I come up empty. And so I gave up my life for God's life. I said, I will no longer pursue my ideas. God, I'll pursue yours. I mean, he died for me to give me life. Why would I turn my back on that? Have you ever made that decision? See, enough of my ideas, let's go with God's today. I mean, imagine that. Sending a room of doctors, you know, saying, you know, what we really need to do is we need to address this issue, and they're showing you the x-rays, and here's the MRI, and you're like, no, I think I'm just going to eat cabbage. I mean, who would do that? I mean, here are people who have given their life to this study to help people. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Why would you not at least accept their counsel as what it is? It's, it makes no sense to me. And who likes cabbage anyway? You know? All right. So, you, you know what? you got to submit to God. you got to say, no, it's not going to be my way anymore. I'm going to find out what God wants and do this. And you know what? God gives you the grace to do it when you make that choice. You know, step two, resist the devil resist the devil and look at the response and he will flee from you, you now this is, doesn't mean carry a bible and the devil gets a headache you know or as long as you're praying before your meal you know that's re, that's not resisting the devil friends that's just a habit you picked up as a kid you know repeating the same words over and over every dinner time around 6 have you ever really actually given thanks for for your meal you know, it becomes such a habit. I've heard guys up on a platform praying, you know, before communion, and at the end, they thank God for the food, you know, because it's just what they always included prayer time, you know? Like, walk away in shame. Everybody now knows your habit is nothing more than a habit. I mean, when's the last time you actually really talked to God? I mean, talked about frustrations, talked about inability, talked about your shortcomings, and said, God, please help me with this. Show me a way. God, I'm a coward. Help me, please, to overcome this. When I mean, when's the last time you really talked to God? You know? To resist the devil is warfare. And it's not for the weak. And my friends, it's not a hobby. not something you do on Sunday morning. Oh, God, I will beat the devil to church how about this? Beat the devil to the stop talking behind people's back. How about trying to to stop feeling better about yourself by putting other people down? I mean, how about pick up a Bible and actually start reading it, you know, without falling asleep this time? How about some active investigation into what the Christianity really is? I mean, that's beating the devil down. You resist the temptation of, yeah, but everyone else is. Who cares what everyone else is? How about this? God, what is is it you want me to do in this life? And start living that. Friends, that's the way. It is the way. Stop living for yourself. It ain't working anyway. Start living for God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. You know what that really looks like is, well, this ain't working. You know? I'll tell you, there are times when you just sense that the evil one is working against you, and like, ha like, ha, that ain't working. And I do that out loud sometimes. People might think I'm crazy, but that was, that's what warfare looks like sometimes. No, I'm not falling for that. You've got to change your tactics, my friend. <laughs> because you know what? When you know that that's what the battle is about, then you can fight the battle appropriately. Resist the devil, and he's going to flee from you. And then draw near to God. Look at verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Well, it says nothing about doodling, my friends. This is about taking steps of faith toward God, choosing his way, denying yourself, and choosing God. God. No, I'm not going to talk like everyone else. No, I'm not going to participate in the common popular stuff. I'm not going to watch the TV show. I'm not going to listen to the record album. Yeah, there you go, showing my age again, the CD spinner. I don't know what we're calling it these days. MP3s, okay? I mean, whatever it is, friends, it's saying no to stuff and yes to God. Drawing near to Him in prayer, which is not a list, by the way. Prayer may include things on a list, my friends, but prayer is surely, surely a whole lot more. It is actual communication with God. We don't talk to anyone else with lists. Hello, Peter, I've got four things for you today. You know, what kind of relationship would that be, my friends? You want a relationship with God? Why don't you start actually talking to God? Talk to Him about His Word. Talk to Him about your life. But talk to God. And anticipate answers, my friends. You know, one of the great ways to find answers from God is to be in His Word. Like, oh, that's what God wants me to do about that. I never thought of that before. It's all about a relationship with God. And the tighter your relationship with God, the better your relationships with the people around you. Just works that way. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Clean up your sin. You know, that sin against God, James says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. You know, the problem is, is that we tend to do everything backwards, You know, it's well. I'll try to be the best. How about this? Just do what God has asked you to do, and he will make you the best version of you. And that's going to be a whole lot better than your efforts, my friends. Humble yourself. I mean, look at, I mean, is it not shameful the way we as believers have really acted? How we've neglected our Bible? I mean, sometimes we can't even find it on Sunday. You know, it's probably in your back seat where you left it last Sunday. I mean, isn't it it all shameful to us? You know, when's the last time you actually really prayed? I'm not talking about dinner time or lunch or breakfast. I'm talking about when you were just craving to spend time with God. And the whole, is the deer pants for the water? I'm like, nah, I'm not that thirsty. I mean, do you have any hunger for God anymore? Is it not shameful? That's what Paul's talking about, or James is talking about here. It's like, how about I'm sorry, God? Well, God, please forgive me for the neglect that I've shown you. Wow. I mean, James is going for it here. He's like, look. I mean, life change is radical change when it comes to Christianity. You know, it's, hey, if you're doing it, stop. Not cut down for the day. You know, only sin a little bit tomorrow. How about knock it off? I mean, like, really? When, I mean, when do you really take serious your sin anymore? That's a good question to ask. Or is it just part of your personality today? My friends, clean up your sin against God. Clean up your sin against people. Do not speak evil against one another. Brothers, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law, but you are a judge of the law. You're not doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? I know it always feels a little bit better if you can push your neighbor down a little bit. You don't seem so low if you can push him down. But my friends, it's sin. It's an offense to God. Hmm. And then finally, depend on God for your future. Think about this, your plans for the fall. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there or four and trade and make profit. James says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and vanishes. And the older you get, the more you realize it. That's the old phrase you get over the hill, you pick up speed. When summer seems like it's about two and a half weeks, this life is short. Let's not be arrogant about it. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Not just mistaken, evil. To presume anything is evil. The issue is faith in response to what God says. Not presuming anything by living day by day in faith. So how do we wrap it up here, my friends? Sermon in a sentence sounds something like this. Quarrels in the church are caused by sin in the heart. It is those little desires that eat away at you. And my friend, the more you feed them, the more they will grow. Because whatever you feed grows. Grows. It's about time to start feeding the healthy stuff, the prayer life, the Bible reading. The more you do it, the better you get at it. It's time to start feeding the good stuff, my friends. Some application. Tune your heart to God's heart, and you will discover that sin is repulsive. When you begin to see things the way God sees things, sin will be a little bit more difficult a little bit more challenge to walk into because knowing the truth will cause it to be repulsive. I mean, if you hide God's Word in your heart, you know I'm talking about reading the Word of God, chewing on the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God will permeate your thoughts and you will think God's thoughts about sin. You will know the results of sin. It'll be in the front of your mind as opposed to something you remember from Sunday school when you were in your 20s. My friend, take in the Word of God. Take in the Word of God. And lastly, keep yourself as clean on the inside as much as you clean yourself on the outside. If you shower every day, Wash your face every day, maybe multiple times a day. Maybe take some time to work on the inside a little bit. God, keep me from prideful thoughts. God, help me to respond in love as opposed to judgment. Clean it up. God, forgive me for the way I snapped at that lady this morning. Need some cleaning on the inside while you're cleaning up the outside, my friends. And then I'll take care of the quarreling and the fighting and the ever-longing and ever-unsatisfying life. It's the way, my friends. How do I know? Because God said so.